Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay or just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. PackersTalk.com. You're listening to No Huddle Radio on the Packers Talk Radio Network, your home for in-depth and thoughtful Packers analysis. I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. My co-host is my good friend, Gil Martin. In addition to this show, I host Cheese and Packers, and Gil is the host of Locked On NHL, and he writes for the Packers Post and Cheesehead TV. We're here to talk Packers because you're all here for one thing, and that's a love for Green Bay football. Deja vu, right, Gil? <laughs> yeah, deja vu all over again, as Yogi Berra once said. We just we just uh, recorded our whole intro and our first minute or two of banter, and uh, then we lost our recording. So so we're gonna do this again. Uh, we're not talking about the Giants game. We're not talking about the London game um, because Gil and I already produced a lot of content this week about the Giants game, and we could go on all day long about that game and about the current state of the Packers. And we don't um, want our listeners to get PTSD. So yeah. Plus, you guys are ready to look ahead to the future, whatever the heck the future is. We're going to we're going to preview the Jets for you. Um, No question. The Packers are at a crossroads. There's an identity crisis going on. They got some stuff they got to figure out. A lot of questions on both sides of the ball, even some some on special teams. It's weird that special teams is kind of the maybe steadiest phase of the Packers football game right now. That is frightening, isn't it? It is, but but you know what? It's nice that it's that way because the special teams is okay, rather than that the offense and defense are complete and utter abject failures, because they're not that. They're just, they're, there's some problems they have to figure out. Uh, so I will direct our listeners, if you want to hear our thoughts on the London game, on the state of the Packers, uh, a couple things you should check out. First of all, go to thepackerspost.com. Uh, Gil writes on there, what, do you write there every single day? Or? Uh, six days a week. Okay. Uh, one thing I really like to do on the Packers Post, I, I don't talk about, we don't talk about uh, this site very often on our podcast, but we should. I like going to it and clicking on game recaps up at the top. And uh, Gil summarizes uh, how the game went. It's always titled something like 10 things we learned from the Packers lost to the Giants. And uh, I like it because it helps me recall some stuff that happened throughout the game um, that I maybe forgot about. Uh, helps me just kind of figure out where I want to put this game in my brain. I think this week, just the complete turmoil that the fan base is in right now, they're not used to seeing the Packers be a bad football team. And I think right now, the Packers are playing like a bad football team. They're a good roster. There's certainly talent to come back and 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 turn into a playoff caliber team. But right now, they are not playing one, uh, playing like one. So it's going to be, I think, challenging this week as we're trying to preview what the game is going to look like against the Jets. We can sort of tell you who the Jets are a little bit better than we can the Packers right now. Right, they thought. The Jets are in turmoil. 
uh, just because the, the Packers are trying to, they know that what they have been doing isn't working and they are trying to reinvent themselves. I think on both sides of the ball. So over the next few weeks, I would just say, I think we might maybe have a harder time putting our finger on who the Packers are. That's that's, that would be a good thing if it is, because it would mean that they are changing. If they just stay who they've been, we can tell you who they've been. And that, that ain't pretty. Um, but the, the jets are also kind of a hot mess right now. Um, it's a little more exciting to be a jets fan right now in week five, coming off of a blowout win over the dolphins who are a pretty good team this year, uh, 40 to 19, the jets can put up some points, but also there's some identity crisis over there for them as well, because when Joe Flacco was under center for a few weeks, they were pretty surprisingly good football team. And now Zach Wilson is back and he seems like he's been good, but he hasn't been back very long. We don't really know. He wasn't very good last year. Um, it, it's a little bit hard to, to say so far how much of their offensive success you really can attribute to uh, Zach Wilson. Gil, talk to me about this Jets offense. Um, what are you seeing that they're doing that is is has been successful against other teams? Well, they are a pass-first kind of a team. Their running game is not bad, but they don't use it as frequently. Now, part of that is because they've been behind in some of their uh, early season games. Their best running back is probably Brees Hall. He is mm -hmm. sort of a one-cut runner who is patient, allows the hole to open up, and then is quick through the hole. In other words, kind of the type of runner that gives the Packers who sometimes struggle to stay and contain fits. So they've got to be aware of that. And he's averaging almost five yards a carry, but they are mostly a pass first team. And as far as Zach Wilson goes, he's played the last two games. The Jets have won both of them. He's got a strong arm, but the big key to Zach Wilson is this. Uh, he's still only in the second year. And statistically, if he has time to throw, he is a very good quarterback. But if you get pressure on him, he falls apart. His statistics drop off drastically when he's under pressure. And that's going to be one of the keys to this game, getting pressure on Zach Wilson, something the Packers need to do and hopefully do it without also getting holding penalties away from the ball. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the Zach Wilson thing is interesting. I don't think that he is a good quarterback. I didn't like him in the draft have not really liked what he's done in the league so far. Obviously there have been a few games where he has flashed and you know, that's been really encouraging for jets fans. I find myself in a state going into this game where like, he really has never had a really, really great game. And I'm just, I'm really nervous because I, I really don't want his first really good game to come against the Packers. We've had some bad um, offenses really look good against us so far this year. Um, and you know what, when we were previewing the Patriots game and I was talking about, man, Bailey Zappi was a quarterback. I really liked in the draft, but I don't want him to have his breakout game against the Packers. He didn't really have a breakout game, but he did have his first career game against the Packers. You know, if he becomes the next Tom Brady down the line, uh, which, you know, he's a Patriots quarterback, so it's not crazy to make that comparison. Uh, you know, the Packers are always going to be a little bit of a footnote there of, yeah, it was his first start. 
now here we are going up against Zach Wilson, who is a, a quarterback that yeah, I kind of run my mouth a bit about on Twitter. It's just saying, I don't think he's that good. I, I really just, I don't want the Packers defense to make me look silly this week and have Zach Wilson go off for, you know, 400 yards. The, the other thing that uh, with Zach Wilson, you got to be concerned about is he is um, not only mobile, he finds the end zone with his legs. He only had, what, uh, two rushing yards this past week? Let me see here. Two. Uh, he had four carries for two yards, but he had a touchdown. Yep. So uh, is he an effective runner? Um, so far, he doesn't gash you with a lot of yards, but, he, man, he finds the end zone a lot for a guy who doesn't get a lot of yards on the ground. You got to watch him close to the end zone, a bootleg, a, a, you know, a play, a, a, a fake to the running back and then running around either end. Yeah, that's definitely part of his repertoire. And, and it's part of it also if you're in that third or fourth and short situation. He he's confident he can gain that yard and by keeping the ball. Uh, the I, I'll just go ahead and ink this in. I think that they will at least attempt one rushing touchdown with Zach Wilson. Are they going to be successful? It's the Packers, so probably. But I but I think they will at least attempt it. Your confidence in the Packers' run defense is both underwhelming and deserved. I I, I like to say uh, underwhelming and deserved uh, is uh, des- describes a lot of my um, commentary uh, these days when I'm talking about the Packers. It has not been a fun last couple of weeks watching the Packers play. No, I'll say that. No, it hasn't been, and, and unfortunately, yeah, it, it's. You know what the the frustrating thing is, and and I think I'll tie it in with this game against the Jets as well. Both these teams are three and two, but the Jets are clearly a team on the upswing. They are better than they were a year ago. We don't know how much better yet, but they're better. And they've got a lot of young talent that they're excited about that hasn't fully gelled yet. But the Packers were, you know, an established winning team over the last few years. On paper, they're a more talented team than the Jets, but their confidence is much lower than the Jets right now, I think. And they're not playing up to their talent level. So, you know, know one thing that is really interesting to me, by the way, though, is because I have kind of tuned into some of the national NFL media, just listening to what they think right now. Yeah. And we are all wringing our hands over the London loss. And I'm, I'm just only seeing people viewing it as like an impressive win for the giants. Like, wow, can you believe they pulled that out against the Packers in London? That was crazy. Um, PFF has their uh, week six power rankings out right now. And, and they have a whole paragraph in there about the Giants. Uh, let's see. They have the Giants ranked uh, 17 overall. They have a whole paragraph talking about, you know, the Giants are 4-1. and one. Uh, People have got to start taking uh, notice of the Giants. They might be a, a pretty good team. It says, we have them sitting at 17th as they've had two easier wins against the Panthers and Bears. But they did enjoy an impressive win over the Packers. Gil, where would you guess ballpark where do you think the Packers are ranked on this list if the Giants are 17 where do you think the pa- the Packers are 11th fifth fifth yeah, yeah they have not- they have behind the Bills Chiefs Eagles and Buccaneers just ahead of the Niners wow 
and wow. and and yeah, the 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 Packers are not playing well, but it is worth just noticing that everybody else around the, around the league really is struggling as well. You know, the the Bills and the Chiefs and the Eagles look really good. I think the Ravens have looked really good. I'm not sure why the Ravens are not higher up on on most people's lists, but I think like those are kind of the the uh, really hot teams right now. Mm-hmm. Nobody else is really playing well. So it's just, you know, one little bit of optimism for Packer fans who are uh, ready to throw in the towel on this. this No way should we be ready to throw in the towel. There are issues, but not throw in the towel issues yet. So uh, looking at the at the Jets, one thing we like to do is just look at their roster and see where they're good, where they're bad. The spot that really just shines in your face is how freaking good their defensive line is. Uh, so they got Quinn and Williams. Uh, he uh, struggles a little bit as a run defender, but he is, especially for an interior guy, an elite pass rusher. He's got a 90.1 PFF grade. The dude has been electric. Uh, he has four <laughs> sacks, uh, 15 total tackles, uh, 10 ton solos and five assists. Uh, the dude just pins his ears back and puts constant pressure on the quarterback and then over on the off the edge, you got John Franklin Myers, 2018 fourth round pick, having uh, the best year of his career. He uh, similarly is a, an elite pass rusher. He's also not a bad run defender. These two guys are just freakishly good, and they are overshadowing two guys who are also playing really good football. Carl Lawson, mm-hmm. really struggling in run defense, but again, elite, elite pass rusher, 84.7 grade. And Sheldon Rankins, you know what? Sheldon Rankins is by far the worst guy of those four, and he's pretty darn good. He's got a <laughs> 73 uh, overall grade. He only has two sacks. But he's got 14 tackles, four assists. He's getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, he's he's blowing up things um, in, in run defense. He's got 13 run stops on the season already. That's incredible. Uh I, this this defensive line is formidable and they cover up a lot of sins elsewhere on the roster and elsewhere on the defense the cornerbacks are really not half bad obviously sauce Gardner uh was my Look favorite my favorite corner in the draft and and absolutely looks phenomenal but DJ Reed uh came over from Seattle fifth round pick out of from 2018 out of Kansas State. He's doing really good as well. Um, these two guys are are good enough that they are uh, creating coverage sacks and and that defensive line is is wrecking things anyways. This is a defense that has been stacking talent in the draft for year after year after year, and it's never paid off. They've been, they have sucked no matter what, no matter how much talent you threw on there. All of a sudden, they are playing lights out, and it doesn't matter that the safeties and the linebackers are bad. Um, the, uh, the, the, the corners and the, um, whole defensive line is just electric and they're going to make life very tough on Aaron Rodgers. They are. And I'm a little bit relieved. This, this is sort of the, the matchup that I think is going to be vital. Quinn and Williams is their, is their most dangerous pass rusher. He comes from the interior. He tends to line up on the right side, which means that John Runyon, and yep. probably uh, Josh Myers will be responsible for trying to contain him. But if I'm the Jets, 
you know I'm going to be stunting and moving Williams around to try to get him matched up on Royce Newman. Yeah, that's going to be tough. I, I think that I think that the whole offensive line is going to be under assault. And you got, you know, John Franklin Myers going up against a struggling Elton Jenkins. I don't like that matchup right now either. Uh, there is one linebacker to be concerned about. It's not Quincy Miz, uh, Williams. It's not CJ Mosley, but Quan Alexander, who we know from the 49ers, he's a jet now. And he is having his best year since his sophomore season in 2016. Um, he was kind of a bad football player the last couple of years, but he's really turned it around. And uh, one of the big keys has been his run defense grade. So if we have these corners who, by the way, are picking off a lot of passes, the mm -hmm. Jets already have seven interceptions on the year. Um, you know how many we have? One. One. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's not pretty. <laughs> no, it, um, with all that talent in the secondary, one interception and hardly any pass breakups either. Yeah, so this, this, this defense is going to make life very hard for us. We have to figure out how to move the ball this week more effectively than we have been. Um, and it, with, the, with the news that uh, Christian Watson may be out this week, we'll see how that uh, pans out. I just got to ask who is going to handle our jet sweeps, you know, while Randall Cobb is uh, as our deep threat. Well, I guess you have two choices. You have uh, Romeo Dobbs and you have, uh, I mean, you can go with Dobbs or you, you can go with Cobb, even though he's not as fast. He's very good at eluding tacklers and, and making his cuts with the ball. I guess you could say Amari Rogers, but I don't want to say Amari Rogers because I just don't trust him at this point in time. I was mostly being facetious. I'm not sure the jet sweeps are a huge part of our offense. I think it's well, just we're good for one or two a game. I'm glad that our second round pick who was really two, both of our second round picks is good for one or two jet sweeps a game. Uh, <laughs> looking at, looking at uh, the uh, jets offense, this is maybe where there's a little bit of hope, except that they have been putting up a lot of points <laughs> kind of all season. It's not, I wouldn't say it's great players, but it's a good scheme that uh, Mike LaFleur is running over there. They are generating a lot of points. As you said, their run game is working really well. Uh, Brees Hall and Michael Carter are both productive. Brees Hall is definitely the number one. Uh, Michael Carter seems to find the end zone a little bit more, uh, but the, the workhorse back is Brees Hall. And uh, then in the receiving game, it's two guys. It's uh, Garrett Wilson and it's Corey Davis. Uh, these two guys, well, I, I guess you can't forget Elijah Moore. They, you know what? They, they, they have three guys who you really have to um, account for. The interesting thing is that Elijah Moore really was a slot receiver last year most of the time, and they have uh, bumped him outside um, to put Garrett Wilson in the slot, which maybe would su surprise some folks since he's such a, uh, a big guy, but he was a very lethal slot receiver um, for Ohio State in uh, 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 2020 uh, before they put Jackson Smith Jigba in the slot. He gets work done there, and it's working for the Jets. I'm glad to see that they are utilizing him that way. Of course, they also have uh, two tight ends that they can throw to as well. They got uh, C.J. Uzoma. Is he out for this game? I can't remember. 
I think he's banged up at the moment. I he think played so last too. week. He yeah, had two he targets did. last week. I think he got hurt, though. We, we record this on Thursday, so we never know for sure uh, what the final injury report is going to be. Uh, but watch uh, CJ uh, Uzoma. But Tyler Conklin is there as well. And I don't think he's a great player. We saw him for a long time with the Vikings, um, and, and I really didn't think he uh, did anything there. But he's been decently productive so far with the Jets. Um, he last week, he only had, uh, one target and no receptions, but prior to that, uh, he was actually, um, I think he was like a top 10 tight end in, uh, fantasy. Uh, if you can believe yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing about the Jets offense. That's pretty impressive. And I only wish the Packers statistics were similar. Their leading receiver right now in catches is Garrett Wilson with 23. But they have six players in between 23 and 16 catches. They distribute the ball very, very well. And both Hall and Michael Carter are solid receivers out of the backfield. You mentioned Conklin, Wilson, uh, Moore. This is a team that spreads the ball around and does it effectively enough. Now, Oddly enough, they were getting more yards through the air with Joe Flacco as their quarterback so far in three games than they did with Zach Wilson in two. But uh, the difference is this. Zach Wilson throws the ball further down the field. The yards per attempt under Flacco, 5.8. Under Zach Wilson, 8.1. That's a pretty big difference. And it means you got to cover more of the field if you're the Green Bay defense. Yeah, very, very uh, well observed. Garrett Wilson, you mentioned he's got 23 receptions. He has 282 yards. Romeo Dobbs has 22 receptions, just one fewer. Um, now he only has 213 yards. Uh, but it, it, it is interesting that the 10th overall pick of the draft and a fourth rounder are uh, doing so similarly so far in the year. And I, I don't think that's any kind of a condemnation of Garrett Wilson. He's been fantastic. It's just me pumping up Romeo Dobbs, who has been I, – I, I think he's borderline been our best uh, receiver uh, through five weeks. And I was a little disappointed uh, with the usage of him in London. I, I just would have liked to see them go to him a little bit more often. I think they should continue to feature him uh, more and more prominently. I know he's making mistakes. But I think you have to live with some of those mistakes and reap the rewards of trusting him in key situations. Yeah, I, I still think a lot of that ends up coming down to Aaron Rodgers and his ability to and his <clears throat> penchant for changing plays at the line of scrimmage and just not fully trusting that Romeo Dobbs is A, going to be where he's supposed to be and then B, make the play. Once the ball is thrown to him, uh, he is relying more heavily on Cobb and on Lazard and when he's in the lineup on Tunyon. But uh, he's got to develop more of a trust with the young receivers. I, I, I don't know what we're going to see from Christian Watson this week. He may very well not be available. But, you know, once he is available, there's gotta he's got to be able to start trusting those players more and live with some of the mistakes. And, you know, the other thing to me that's been sort of frustrating 
is seeing Aaron Rodgers constantly trying to pass the ball far downfield. When you've got a pass rush like the Jets have, where so many different players can come at you and get to the quarterback, you want to be able to get those quicker release passes, those shorter passes, and a steady dose of run game. One of the things that definitely went wrong in the second half against the Giants was that on those few occasions when we did get the ball, it was throw long, throw medium, throw long, punt. And we have got to be more patient on this offense and run and get you know some some quicker release passes. And if we don't, it could be a long game for the Packers offense. And I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers on his back all that often. And I don't want to see him get hurt. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. I think that there's also some middle ground you got to hit there as well because the Giants were stacking the box and and trying to take away the run and daring the Packers to throw. And they were saying, we bet that you can't throw deep. And it turns out they were right. We couldn't. When defenses present that kind of look to you, you do have to be able to execute. And the other thing I'll just mention is that um, the receivers do have to play better. I think Rodgers needs to stand in the pocket a little bit longer and be willing to take some shots, uh, you know, body shots, um, and still l- deliver the ball downfield. But also, some of these receivers really do have to play better. You know, I think of uh, a couple plays in particular where uh, I think Christian Watson was the primary read, and despite his blazing speed, for whatever reason, he wasn't out of his break yet. And, uh, you know, the, the play broke down because of that. And those kinds of things, you know, you can have 10 guys doing their job on one play. And if the 11th guy isn't doing his job, and frequently that's a, an offensive lineman, the play breaks down. And it, it really, one thing is that is just crazy is when you're watching the run game and you see a, a big lane opened up with nobody standing in it. And, you know, if you if you freeze it for a second and think, man, the running back should be able to rip off 25, 30 yards through there easy. It's also crazy. Just a millisecond of hesitation is all it takes for a gigantic lane like that to close up immediately. So it's it really is all about timing. Um, I, I, as you say, Rogers needs to trust the offense and, and be patient with it. And everybody has to do their job and execute the little things well because you have to keep uh, keep that rhythm and, and stay on timing. That's that's so key to this offense. It always has been. And, and in 2020, when our offense was so lethal, that was the biggest thing that was working was everybody knew their role. It was a well-oiled machine and the timing was just always perfect and you know what? Even you, you even see some uh, kind of suckier offenses like the Bears, who can make that happen from time to time on a, uh, a you know play here or there, and it's beautiful when it happens. And uh, we need to we need to do a better job of that. Much better job of that. It's it's been frustrating to watch the offense struggle the way it has so far this year, and I think it comes down to this: we don't have an identity right now. What is I think we know what the strength of this team is, but I don't think we're utilizing it properly. And we just don't seem to have an identity. There seems to be a conflict between what Aaron Rodgers used to be able to do best and what he's still trying to do and what he should be trying to do. 
Yeah, uh, Ben Solak wrote a great article that I would encourage uh, people to go find and read. And one of the things that he highlighted um, in it toward the end, actually, I, I got it right here. I can just pull it up uh, right at the very end. He has a paragraph where he's talking about how you fix the Packers offense. Let me see. Uh, right here. OK, uh, he says, um he says scheme can do some of the work to fix the Packers offense. The Packers under center play action passing game is pretty good and they can use it more as they transition back to being a one back offense that features Jones and occasionally rot- rotates in Dylan. Uh, he's mentioning that because he pointed out the um, pretty uh, staggering difference in, in uh, the Packers uh, offensive production so far this year when they have one back on the field versus when they have two backs on the field. And you would think that that pony package is what's really working. It's not. Uh, It's when they have one running back on the field at a time that they are uh, generating uh, way more yards and points. So he goes back to saying, or he goes on saying, uh, by using Tunyon and Lazard as stand-up receivers with Tyler Davis as the true tight end, they can model themselves after the 2017 Rams offense that LaFleur coordinated. Living in 11 personnel, and finding yards after the catch opportunities off of play action over the middle of the field. But that requires Rogers acquiescence. It takes decision-making and progression out of his hands. He'd have to become robotic, a cog in the machine, a point and shoot quarterback. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that Rogers wants to be that. Understandably. And I think that he shouldn't have to be limited to that, but I think working some of that in could help get the offense moving a little bit more consistently going down the field and maybe give you, give your uh, young receivers a little bit more time to develop and come along. But how frustrated is Aaron Rodgers going to be at having to play like that? Well, I mean, again, I think a lot of it comes down to doing what's better for the team versus what feels natural and what makes you the most comfortable. And, you know, sometimes you need to do what's best for the team. And I would like to see Rogers do a little bit more of that, be a little bit more patient. And, you know, I I wouldn't mind seeing them go back to more two tight end sets. It worked very well in 2020, worked well last year. Um, But whatever they're doing right now is definitely not working. And it's just difficult to watch. It's painful to watch. And the Jets' strengths on defense kind of make it even harder to imagine that the Packers are going to be able to throw medium and deep consistently on Sunday. One last thing we got to try and put a bow on before we wrap up, and that is what does the Packers' defense have to do to shut down the Jets' offense? Um, The Packers are getting killed in crossing routes. Uh, a lot of people have pointed to the need to mix in some more man coverage, you know, do some zone, do some man, mix it up. The problem is that the Packers are getting burned no matter what they run. When they call man, they get burned. When they call a zone, they get they get burned. Um, the they, they have to do a better job than what they're doing. And, and so, you know, for me to stand here and say, here's the specific things that they have to fix uh, defensively to get better results guys have to play better joe barry has to call plays better um i i I, what they have been 
is probably not good enough to slow down the Jets. It's not. No, it's they, not. At, at, at times, it works. For most of the first half of the game against the Giants, it was working. Now, a lot of excuses out there. It was, you know, long uh, week. Um, you know, they had just played a full uh, fifth quarter in overtime against the Patriots the previous week and then had to fly to London. Guys are gassed. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, they, they don't have a third, um, edge rusher. It's just Rashawn and Preston. And those guys are absolutely exhausted. You have to rotate somebody else in and we don't have anybody else. Yep. I, I think all these things are all true. Guys have to play better. The defense has to be better. I think that they still have the horses to make this happen, but the secondary is a mess. The linebackers are a mess. The defense, the defensive line is gassed and, and, not able to close out games. I think they do a fine job in the first half. And then after that, they can't do anything. And I think that's a problem, Uh, but there are ways that you can beat this jets offense. And one of the things you can do is they have a horrific trash garbage offensive line, mm -hmm. get pressure on Zach Wilson. You mentioned his stats plummet when he's under pressure. Okay. Pin your ears back, get after him. Let's start bringing in some blitzes as well. Uh, I, I do like the, the creativity that uh, Joe Barry has shown in calling his uh, four and five man pass rush sets that are not blitzes, <laughs> but can we have some blitzes as well? We don't have a single defensive back who has uh, been on a pass rush uh, more than four times. And uh, Devondre Campbell is tied for the sixth fewest or sixth lowest um, percentage of uh, pass rushing snaps of any uh, linebacker in the NFL, not just starting linebackers, but any linebackers Quay Walker. Can we bring him on some blitzes? Can we bring him off the edge? Let's get creative. Let's use him like Micah Parsons. Let's bring Darnell Savage on some blitzes, get pressure on Zach Wilson all day because he is hot garbage when he's under pressure. And this is the, this is the key. You got to slow down the, um, got to slow down the run game. You have to do a, a, a better job. You can't be giving up eight yards of carry. You have to do a good job in, in run defense like we saw against Tampa and then get some pressure on Zach Wilson. If you do those two things, I know Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore and Corey Davis are good, but there's a lot better wide receivers out there and, and they can be stopped. They can be. And, you know, here here's the thing that's concerning me. When I go back and think about great defenses over the course of NFL history, The biggest difference, this Packers defense on paper has the talent to be an elite defense this year, a top five defense on paper. They, the the, the great defenses all have an aggressive mentality. And the way this team is playing right now, it's the opposite of aggressive. The the defense is not dictating anything to the uh, opposing offense. They are passive. They are basically saying, we're going to sit back and you're going to eventually make a mistake and we'll either hold you to a field goal or you'll have to punt and our offense can outscore you. I'm telling you right now, that mentality is not the way you build championship defense. And especially especially first and second down, the, the Packers are electric on third down, but they never force opposing offenses into, into third down right? because they're giving up a first down on, on the, the at least second down, but oftentimes on first down, 
It, it feels like we're back to uh, the Dom Capers or, or Mike Pettin. You know, it's a bend but don't break. Um, not sure what happened to Joe Barry. Uh, not sure why he decided to become Mike Pettin, but he absolutely <laughs> is Mike Pettin right now. <laughs> Mike Pettin, uh, 2.0 usually means it's improved. I don't know if I would put it that way. How about but, Dom Capers 3.0? How's that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> it has been frustrating to watch this defense be on its heels so often and just not live up to the talent level that we see out there on the field. All right, we're going to get out of here. Um, I would encourage you guys to check out, uh, again, go to thepackerspost.com. That's Gil's website. He writes there six days a week. Also, go check out my other podcast, Cheese and Packers. That's over on the uh, Packernet Podcast Network because my podcast this week on Wednesday uh, was all about like the state of the Packers and my new uh, mentality about them, which is that you know they're, I, I, they're, they're not a contender right now. They still can become one, but here are all the holes that they need to fix. So if you are interested in that and want to keep talking about the Giants game, want to keep talking about who the Packers are going to be going forward, go check out that and and do check out Gil's website. Appreciate you guys for sticking around and talking Jets with us. Um, I am uh, hopeful for this game. Um, I I will say I'm not pleased about one thing. Uh, Cleet Blakeman. Cleet Blakeman is going to be the referee for this game. And the last Packers game that he officiated was the 2020 NFC championship game against Tampa Bay. You will remember how that one went. That was quite entertaining uh, for anybody who likes hilarious officiating. So uh, we got to make our picks, Gil. Mm -hmm. Last week, the over and under was at 41 I said Packers are going to win 35 to 21. You said 27 to 13. So you took, no, you took the under by one point. Took the under by one. Yeah. All right. Uh, So I had the over, uh, you had the under, which was correct. We did both lose against the spread. Uh, You were pretty close. 27, 13. The final score was 27, 22. Just, you know, the wrong, um, wrong team won. So that gives you one point and me zero points. We're tied back at seven points. All right. So the line is set at 45 points. The Packers are uh, seven and a half point favorites. Packers 27, Jets 24. Taking the Packers to win it. I like it. I'm also taking the Packers to win it. They do a good job of, of winning after a loss. I'm going to, I'm, I'm, you're saying 27-24? Yeah. I think it's I think it's going to be 27-17. I think it's going to be a little more convincing. I think 27-17 is not like a big enough blowout that fans are going to immediately feel okay. But anybody who this week has gone around saying, "Hey, calm down. It's not that bad." They're going to they'll they'll feel like they can take a victory lap. And then anyone who still you know, has a lot of concerns, they're going to look at it and say, it's the Jets, though. I mean, come on. Is it are we really that excited about a 10 point win over the over the Jets? 27 17 is my prediction. And I think if they hit that, I will feel better because I think that right now, although I don't think the Jets are a great team, I think that they are an underrated team and you don't get to three and two just accidentally. You have to do some good stuff. And despite the fact that uh, the Dolphins are a little bit of a mess these last two weeks, 40 to 19 is a really convincing win. So if you can then the very next week 
pulled them to seven points and put up 27 on your own, I think you have to feel pretty darn good about that. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember that that game against Miami, Miami had their third string quarterback in there. So that does sort of mitigate sure. the, the you know size of the victory. But yeah, I am uh, looking forward to getting right. And hopefully Matt LaFleur's uh, history of the Packers bouncing back and playing better after a loss will hold up. Alrighty, uh, we're going to get out of here. That's it for today. We'll be right back here next week. Follow us on Twitter at Gil Packers and at JJ Leahy to stay up to date on all things Packers or ask us questions. You can email us at askmohuddle at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to Packers Talk on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Big thanks to PackersTalk.com for powering our show, and thank you for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Not